Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome back talented artist Sal Abenanti. Sal is the creator of the book The Hostage by Mercury Comics, which completed a very successful Kickstarter earlier this year. Here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome once again to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today we welcome back talented artist Sal Abenati. Sal is the creator of the graphic novel The Hostage from Mercury Comics, which completed a very successful Kickstarter campaign earlier this year. He is also the art representative for renowned comic artists Alex Ross and Bill Sinkovich. So we're going to talk about our shared love of comics, his own work with Atomico, which is coming to a Kickstarter with Anonymous this September. Also, his success with The Hostage and pretty much whatever else we can think of to talk about. So let's welcome back Sal Abenati to GVN's Talking Comics. How are we doing today, Sal? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I, I say I appreciate you and a little bit of your time. Uh, now, we had talked uh, toward the first of the year, right before you were getting ready to start your Kickstarter for The Hostage. Uh, and I got a real good feel at that time for uh, the passion you had for especially, for especially comic art uh, from the 70s and 80s, you know, Jack Kirby, Joe Kane, and all of those. Yeah. And of course, the same with me, like I said, and John Buscema was a, I was a big fan. Uh, so what was it about those great artists that inspired you? I, well, you know, growing up in the seventies, you know, that was, we didn't have the, the options you had that we, we got now we had three channels and you had the, you know, the, the spin rack at the, at the drugstore. So I was, I was really fortunate in this, in the sense that I knew the minute I saw uh, comics store 206 was my first comic by John Buscema. And I was fortunate enough that I just, I got it right away. I mean, I, I knew immediately that, that, that this was, you know, this was my calling of like, I just, there was something about the primary colors. There was something about the compositions, the dot patterns. I don't know what it was, but it was just, it was in my DNA. So uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, comics are either in your blood or they're not, you know, it, it, it's our thing. Yep. Okay. And uh, of course my problem was, uh, is we're all, you know, I got it. My older siblings and my mother did not get it. Yeah, uh, oh, no, uh, I, had, I had a lot of older brothers and sisters. They didn't get it either. So. Right, so, which is probably why I don't, you know, I had over 500 comics back when I was younger and probably some of them would have been worth some money uh, today. But uh, my sister always told me, said, if you don't pick those things up, I'm throwing away. So yeah. she did. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the mindset. Comics were very disposable in those days. They weren't seen as having any value, you know. Yeah. Okay, so was there a certain type of comic that you favored more than other? I mean, was it superhero mainly, or was I was, it oh yeah, no, I was a, I was a Marvel guy. I mean, I I started with yeah, I was lucky. I got in at a really sweet spot of comics when you know the death of Gwen Stacy and all those great Gil Kane covers were coming out at Marvel and John Buscema was his run on Thor. He was going to later you know quickly go over to Conan. And Kirby was over at DC, and 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 Kirby, you know, after Kirby, there was no going back. I was a huge Buscema guy, but the minute I saw New Gods, uh, it, it was it was over. It was like I discovered fire. Not much of a DC guy, but but when I bought the Demon and you know New Gods, and you know it was, and then I discovered Kirby's whole career back at Marvel, you know, through a local comic store, Larry's, you know, in, in Chicago. 
So you did. So you lean more toward the artist more than the label or yeah. You know, I didn't right. really. Well, at first you start out, you know, with your favorites. I was a big Iron Man guy. George Tusco was on Iron Man. I love that. And John Buscema, anything he did, and John Romita Senior. But then when I started to discover what I liked about him, were uh, I didn't. You know, the minute Romita left Spider Man, I I couldn't. Uh, Ross Andrew was a good artist, but he just wasn't my guy because I was used to John Romita. And yeah, I started to discover it. I was following the art and really not as much as the storylines. You know, they, they were still my characters, but um, Sal Buscema was doing a great run on Captain America and Falcon and Gene Colan was on Daredevil. So I started to really gravitate towards, and I bought a lot of bad comics because they had great Gil Kane covers on them. You know, right. you open them up and they were, you know, they were reprints from like who knows when. And uh you know, Kate Colt and, and a lot of that stuff just, you know, get tremendous covers on it. So, right. And that's the funny thing, you know, they always tell you don't judge a book by its cover. There's a lot of comics I bought just because of the cover. Because and, of it, right. And find out that, right, it wasn't all that great on the inside, but the cover was no, great. I went Submariner had red hair. You know, they're, <laughs> they're reprinting Submariners from the 40s. And you're like, all right, I'm not, I was never much of a golden age guy. I mean, I appreciated golden age, but when I was a kid, you, you can't show kid golden age stuff. It just doesn't fly. Right. Okay. So now your, your artistic style to me is very unique. Uh, and like I said, and apparently there is no medium you're afraid to jump right into because some, especially like uh, looking at, of course, even looking at the hostage, it looks like that you mix just about, if you had it, you, you used it. <laughs> Well, there's a lot to be said for, I wanted to get in the front door of comics. I really wanted to, I mean, I did all in the nineties, I did all those portfolio lines and I went to every show and I, I brought my samples and I did all that. And I wanted to get in the front door. I wanted to draw, you know, Luke Cage and Captain America, but my style just, it wasn't what they wanted. And as I got old, you know, as I started to, to talk to more and more other artists, they were just kind of like, man, you can't that this just isn't going to fly with mainstream comics. So, you know, you'd have to do a little soul searching and realize, look, I want to be a comic artist, but I, I wanted to draw mainstream, but it's just, they're not having it. Everybody can't play shortstop for the Yankees. And right. so that's when I discovered guys like Bill Sienkiewicz and, and other guys that were doing other things and they were doing departures of us of the you know look at what bill did on moon Knight, and then you look at what he did on electra and he did on straight toasters and other stuff so i realized look there's a much broader uh world out there to do comics so once i realized they weren't going to let me draw luke cage i decided you know i'm just gonna uh have at it you created atomica did you self-publish that or did yeah yeah atomica was when i realized that i wasn't going to be able to get into comics about 2006 2005 2007 um a good friend of mine you know tim bradstreet was just kind of like sal come on stop it and you, they're not going to hire you so stop you know and so i just said all right well look publishing used to be where if you wanted to publish a book you know, it was $100,000 and a publisher was not going to do a short run for you. You were not going to be able to print 50 copies, 100 copies, 500 copies. And then it all changed. I mean, in, in the, in, when desktop publishing came in in, in the early 2000s, you could publish your own book, even if it was black and white with one color or whatever. There were a lot of ways around it. So I just said, look, at some point, you got to put your money where your mouth is because I wasn't a kid anymore. And then 
growing up in the 70s, Russia was always the evil empire. So I just kind of created my own uh, comic and Atomica was just kind of basically my, uh, it was just, it was a combination of Thor and New Gods at the same time. And so you uh, created Mercury Comics. Uh, yeah. Were you intimidated about starting your own publishing? Well, I started, I started Atomica with, with a small company out of Canada called Speakeasy. And then when they started to spell my name wrong in the ad a couple of times in previews, I realized, and I started to work with them directly, you realize it's not rocket science. And at the end of the day, if you're the artist and you're writing it and you're getting, and you're basically doing all the work, uh, it's your baby. And the, tr the reality of it is with comics and with anything in art, whether it's you know music or, or, or theater or whatever, or film, it's your baby and no one's gonna give a shit about it as much as you are. <laughs> so once I realized, look, it's not like we're jumping out of an airplane. You know, if I screw it up, I'll kill somebody. So I just decided to dive in and, and self-publish. And Mercury is just basically me, it means you pay the bills. I also noticed that you did a story for Marvel, and I think it was in Marvel 4, uh, that uh, Alex wrote. Yeah. I, I love the art in that, because I'm a big, I was always a big Ben Grimm fan. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, it turned out great. So exactly how did that story develop? Yeah, well, Alex had, uh, uh, when he was putting together uh, this uh, Marvels, it was Marvel, it was a uh, kind of a, a grouping of a lot of different stories and different artists that he, you know, had a particular uh, style that he wanted to represent a diversity of styles. And he asked me, hey, you know, what do you think? And I was finishing up the hostage, but I wasn't crazy enough to say no because Alex is a dear friend of mine, but also, you know, it was, it was my chance to, to get into Marvel. Right. Uh, it's not the style that I would have gone with, but it was exactly what Alex wanted. And I thought it looked cool. And it, it, the sensibilities were there for what I wanted to do with the colors and things like that. And he wrote such a charming story and he, he storyboarded it out literally to show me what he wanted that I, I knew, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, and so it worked out great. Let's say, well, and I know it, to me, it's, uh, it was very, I mean, of course, like I said, I followed Ben Grimm a, a lot and he, yeah. and he had those issues where it's, you know, unlike Johnny or, yeah. or Reed or any of them, they could turn back to looking relatively normal. Well, Ben couldn't, he was, right. he was rocks. That's all he could do. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, then that I could understand how that, you know, would bother him. And of course, I also see how he could initially blame Reed for it since, uh, right. Right. And Al and it was a charming story, you know, that Alex wrote. And he he literally laid it out for me, like, look, this is what I want it to be. So I was following his storyboards for it. And, and you know, his his design sense is impeccable. So there wasn't a lot that I had to There was nothing I was going to bring to it to improve it on it, except just kind of lay into it the way I would have drawn it. Right. OK. So and again, even on that, it said I look like watercolor, it looked like uh, different color inks. It's I mean, a combination. It's everything. I mean, I, I come. I have an advertising background. I worked at Leo Burnett for a while and, and a couple other agencies as a as a wrist as an artist. So you just use whatever you can. You use in that the the revolt and development in, in Marvel is basically just it's sharpies, it's big pens, it's watercolor, it's everything, and and that's another kind of this uh, you know artistic kind of of where I got a lot of inspiration from Sienkiewicz, where you just use whatever you need to kind of get you there. And then 
or whatever you're feeling or however, whatever kind of, of kinetic energy you're after, whether it's color or line. And I wasn't a great draftsman. I mean, there are artists, I, friends of mine who were great draftsmen, you know, who could, with, with the brush, Angel Medina and, and, and Aldrin, I mean, Buzz and, and Alex and Sienkiewicz, these guys were tremendous draftsmen. And so I was always just kind of a sloppy guy especially working in advertising, you had to just, you know, you had to get right. it out. They didn't want to hear about your, your, your artistic sensibilities. You had a deadline, <laughs> man, five o'clock, man, five o'clock. So that's okay. kind of where the sloppiness came from. Um, so now you said you were working on the hostage at that, at that time. Uh, for those who are not familiar with it, could you give us a little synopsis of what the hostage was about? And uh, basically, like I said, uh, this was for a trip to Brazil, if I memory so. Yeah, well, the hostage, I spent some time in, in Rio de Janeiro when I was uh, in, the, uh, in the 80s, when I was in my roommate from college brought me there. And I had just it was a life-changing experience when I when I spent some time. I spent a, a good deal of time there twice, and uh, just the 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 plight of the homeless children and the kids that live in the street and the street kids, and and just the 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 beauty of Rio, but yet the the there's lack of a middle class and and the poverty of these homeless kids. So it just spoke to me, and I just always felt that there was a story there, and I carried this thing around with me for a long time. But then when uh, COVID hit, I, I finally decided to finish the damn thing because I had a lot of time in my studio. And this was something that I kind of picked up and put down for about 10 years. And so the, the comic business has changed a lot in the last few years. I mean, when I did Atomic, I went through Diamond, which was just direct to order through comic stores. But as you know, a lot of comic stores, they want no part of indie comics. They want right. no, you know, they've got their Marvel, their DC, and then, you know, they want their Wolverine and people want their Batman. They don't want your stuff. So I decided to uh, go through Kickstarter just because I could reach the audience a little differently and more directly and, and get an idea of whether there was anything there that people wanted to see. So uh, it's a labor of love. I mean, it's so not we were, for everybody, you know. So were you surprised at how well it was received? I was, I was. I mean, I had a lot of, I had a lot of friends helping me, so I can't complain. I had, uh, but I was a little surprised. I mean, uh, I've, I've worked in the business for a long time uh, with Alex Ross and Bill Sienkiewicz. I'm, you know, I'm their, their rap and business manager. So, but in my heart and soul, I'm an artist, but I, you know, you, you got to eat three times a day. You know, I, I can't live on top ramen and trail mix anymore. Like I did, you know, <laughs> when I was in college. So, uh, but I, but it provides me with enough to, to, make a living and take care of my family, but my heart and soul is my work. So the hostage is uh, something that I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into. And uh, yeah, I was grateful for all the, the support and, and the response to it was great. So, uh, so how is uh, that coming? I know I've seen a couple of your updates uh, through Kickstarter, of course, because I. It, uh, it's good. I mean, we we had we had originally planned on order fulfillment, which is a huge part of Kickstarter, because right. the last thing anybody in the comic business wants to hear about is your excuses for delays. But we were delayed a week or two because of you know delivery, because it was on the on the freighter, it was on the container coming from China, right. China. So it's, it's on schedule. We're supposed to receive all the books before the end of August, and we're still on pace to get everybody's orders in uh, by the end of the month. So I'm excited, but, you know, until it actually shows up on my doorstep, you know, I'm still holding my breath. 
that the container is actually going to be delivered to Chicago. So I said, well, I know how that goes because I, I I work for the world's largest retailer and we're having all kinds of issues uh, with uh, containers not making it. Uh, yeah. So uh, okay, so now you know you mentioned Alex. So when exactly did you first meet Alex? Um, I want to say I want ninety seven, ninety eight. You know, uh, a little bit sooner we met. We were we were kind of friends. It was when he was working on Kingdom Come, and we had mutual friends in the comic business. And then he, you know, we kind of started palling around with different people in the comic business, Angel Medina and Hillary Barda and, um, you know, Mitch O'Connell, guys like that were in this group of local Chicago comic artists. And then he asked me if I would uh, model for him to be Captain Marvel, you know, in Kingdom Come. So I, I didn't know what his process was. I, I was kind of confused. And then, you know, lo and behold, I pop up in Kingdom Come. And then we became friends and he asked me, you know, to help him out with his art sales. And I never did it. I wasn't a fan of art dealers because going to cons, art dealers a lot of times didn't really, back in the day, you remember original art yeah. was thrown in Tupperware bins, laying on a card table with the prices on the back and pencil. If you asked a question, the guy got all pissed off at you. Yeah. And I said, oh, I don't want any part of selling original comic art. And then, you know, one thing led to another and, that was 20 years ago. So, say, uh, and you know, so you, and you you kind of beat me to the punch. I was going to mention about the uh, Captain Marvel thing. Uh, I didn't, of course, I didn't realize that he used Alex used so many different models to do a his lot art. of friends. Well, Al, Alex was, uh, you know, he, he takes it very seriously, which makes it easy to do because it's not a bunch of friends hanging around playing grab ass. You know, he has costumes, <laughs> he has outfits. He really uses models for the lighting and for the folds of the material and for the composition and for, you know, so he's got it down to a science. When you get there, he knows exactly what he wants. Uh, I wasn't particularly a big fan of Captain Marvel because I only knew Captain Marvel from Marvel. You know, I right. didn't know the Shazam character all that well other than the television show. So when he asked me, I was kind of like, okay, I, I didn't really, wasn't familiar with the outfit. I remember the short cape and all that, but uh, I said, sure. And when I saw what he did with Kingdom Come, it was just kind of like, wow, this is, this is, uh, I didn't know it was going to, was going to haunt me for 20 years because people still come <laughs> up and ask me about it and bring copies of, of, you know, Power of Hope and ask me to sign it. And, and, and I'm like, okay, sure. I'm not Captain Marvel, but all right, you know. <laughs> Let's say, well, you know, all I kept thinking, you know, is I was uh, looking into it. I was thinking, said, number one, I said, maybe because I'm um, I'm not very extroverted. I would have said, no, I don't want to look stupid. That's your first impression until you meet Alex and you start working. When you realize, no, it, he takes it very seriously. It's not, he doesn't make a fool out of you. You're not. There's no, it's, he shows you the storyboards. He shows you what he's after. And, and then you kind of line up the shots that way. And there's, he light, there's lighting involved and everything. So I didn't know what the finished product was gonna look like. That was where I was at. So I had taken these, you know, all these shots for, for, for Kingdom Come and had a costume ready to put on. And, and, and when I saw the final book come out, cause the book was in, you know, insanely popular and you know, Captain Marvel plays a big part in it. I was like, wow, I, it was really cool to see how it all came together and to help them out. You know? Right. And of course, all you were probably thinking is, I look good. Yeah, I look good. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, well, it's, it's, there's, 
he's a big guy in the book. So it's just right. kind of, uh, it's not like it's one dead on. Wow, that's me. I mean, the good thing is he's got a huge package in the book, which I thought, hey, wow, that's great. That's that makes that's very flattering in the sense of, you know, there's that shot where he's standing over Superman and it's like, that's not me. So I thought, <laughs> hey, you know, I could just say, yeah, that's all completely from reference. But um, <laughs> but I didn't realize he had such a uh, hardcore following of people that that really love and are endeared to that character going you know, from the 40s, whereas. He doesn't play a big part in the comic universe anymore, and but yet I, you know, people would come up to me all the time and and you know ask me about Captain Marvel. Uh, of course, there's still people who to this day want you know him to be called Captain Marvel and not Shazam because uh, yeah, you got to be careful when you anytime you you talk about you. Know, I always put both. You know, I'll, I'll you put Captain Marvel in and you put Shazam, and then there's the whole explanation. The legalities and all that and i'm like i don't really get into that too much but anytime we do anything i, I always be sure you put captain marvel and, 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 and of course you know at my age that's a, that's what i knew him as originally it was captain marvel right. uh right. so but uh but anyway so that, that's pretty much what i got for you sal but uh, before i let you go uh i know like i said that getting the hostage totally wrangled out has been the high priorities and of course the your other job as far as with Alex and everything but do you have anything other any other art projects that you're that coming yeah up well I finished up we're coming out with a, a Atomica we're doing an omnibus which which is I'm oh, excited cool. about because it, it it when it came out it came out as individual issues and you know individual issues sometimes you pick them up and then sometimes the comic store doesn't order them or doesn't order the next issue or that so there was this kind of broken continuity of people being able to get the whole 12 issue series. So we're putting it out as an omnibus this, this September uh, through Kickstarter as well. And it's very oh, cool awesome. because there's so many great contributing uh, you know, artists that did covers and did pinups and did uh, interior stuff for me on that book that never got seen, which is great from, you know, Alex and Sienkiewicz and Darwin Cook and, and, you know, Claudio Castellini and Glenn Fabry did these amazing covers and, even the guys that at the time I was doing a lot of artist alley, uh, doing a lot of shows. So I, I had the opportunity to hit up a lot of my heroes that were there, like Ernie Chan and Alex Nino and Tony DeZiniga and John Romita Sr. And, and, you know, guys like that, Travis Cheris, Michael Turner. And so there's, there's a tremendous amount of great art that's going to be included in the omnibus for Atomica. And uh -huh. that'll, that'll be in September. And I see another book coming my way then. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, and right now I started the next, my next project, which I'm hoping to come out next year, but uh, that, that, you know, how books are, it, it, there's a lot of your soul that has to get poured out before that actually gets delivered. Yeah. All right. So as far as any, uh, if our fans want to follow you on social media, where do they need to go? Um, you know, I'm on Instagram, you know, Mercury Comics uh, or Sal Abenanti, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I do all that stuff. So all right, Comics, Sal Abenanti. All right. Very good. Well, so I appreciate it, Sal. And uh, hey, as always, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, no, not a problem. I say we'll be following, uh, of course, the hostage. Like I said, I'm real excited uh, to receive it when it comes uh, through. Yeah, and, by the end of the month, that's that's where we're at right now. You know, very good. And uh, we'll hopefully catch you down the line. Yeah. Well, thank all you right. again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. 
Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.